Hello, and welcome to PDA, Neurodivergence, and the Perpetually Determined Advocate. I am your Perpetually Determined Advocate, Cassandra. This is a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to raising awareness and acceptance of PDA, or Pathological Demand Avoidance, which is a lesser-known part of the autism spectrum. My hope for this podcast is to provide a place of learning and growth, as well as a platform for PDAers, professionals, parents, family members, and others to speak out on this condition, as well as providing resources for those who want to learn more. If you or someone you know would like to come on and use this platform to tell their story, please contact me at perpetuallydeterminedadvocate at gmail.com. Now, let's launch into this episode's topic. I would be remiss if I didn't mention how PDA received some attention recently in the U.S. A popular reality TV star came forward to discuss her diagnosis with PDA as an adult and even took to her social media accounts to help spread the awareness as well. And it got me thinking. I've talked about how some women seek a diagnosis for autism as an adult, but what about the other forms of neurodivergence, like ADHD? I know people who haven't received their diagnosis for this condition until adulthood, and it can cause some pretty rocky moments in both formative and adult years when you constantly feel scattered. So I did some digging, and I found some interesting information about ADHD in adults, and some of its misconceptions. As you might expect, ADHD is going to look different in adults than it does in children. One of the many myths surrounding the condition is that you grow out of it as you get older and as you mature. That's something that I heard frequently whenever my youngest was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, This was before his autism or PDA diagnoses. Um, When he was about five is when he received his ADHD diagnosis. And they told us, you know, as he gets older, um, he'll get more, he'll mature and he'll grow out of these things. They won't bother him as much. I mean, this was just a couple of years ago. That misconception is still quite strong. But the fact of the matter is, you don't grow out of it. Some people learn to manage the presentations of their ADHD better as they age, um, but it isn't something that goes away, right? ADHD is actually a neurodevelopmental condition that impacts the brain's executive functions. So executive functions are the abilities to focus, pay attention, to plan, to organize, and of course the big one, right? Impulse control. Hyperactivity isn't always a part of it, but it can be. I know, I remember growing up, you would either hear someone diagnosed with ADD, right? Attention deficit disorder or ADHD, which would, was attention deficit hyperactive disorder. So you could either have it with or without the hyperactivity. Um, pretty much... I see it kind of listed as ADHD all the time. Um, Just the hyperactivity isn't always um, one of the presentations, right? Um, 
for those who aren't diagnosed as children, it can be for a variety of reasons, right? You may just be seen as a forgetful child who can't seem to remember what people tell you or uh, who always misplaces your things. It might be seen as, you know, being scatterbrained or just irresponsible, which in childhood isn't really a huge red flag, right? Being unorganized as a kid or having a messy room isn't always something that's going to alert a parent, nor is having a talkative child, especially if you were quite talkative when you were a kid. So with many aspects being dismissed as just the irresponsibility of childhood or the lack of maturity, it's no wonder that many people end up living undiagnosed. So what does ADHD look like in adults and why is it important to seek a diagnosis, right? That's what I want to cover today. And unlike children, right? Adults don't usually climb all over things and um, bounce off the walls and and run around the house. I mean, sometimes they do, I guess. But (laughs) as a result, um, that presentation of hyperactivity is not going to be the same in an adult the way it would in a child, right? It's going to play a different role in adult life. So for instance, you might have trouble just sitting down and relaxing and doing nothing, right? I know I do, but I don't know that it's because I have ADHD. Um, For me, it's more, I'm rather compulsive about things being done a certain way. Um, And so I have trouble sitting down because the second I sit down, I look and I see something that needs to be cleaned or picked up or put away or reorganized, whatever. Um, But for someone who may have undiagnosed ADHD, you might feel that you constantly need to be doing something, right? Because your mind is always on the go. So when you try to stop, your mind thinks of something else that you've been meaning to do or that you might have forgotten to do, and it drives you to get up and do it, right? Adults dealing with that hyperactivity part um, tend to even say when they go on vacation, they can't really stop and relax and just enjoy vacation, right? They are the ones who, when they go uh, and take a trip somewhere, they have a whole bunch of activities planned or places they want to visit or events or things that they're going to do. They have the entire vacation planned back to back. So they're constantly on the go, um, making the trip more of a marathon than a relaxation. But that's the way that hyperactivity can manifest in an adult, right? So difficulties with organization are another common trait with ADHD, right? It's another part of that is executive dysfunction. And there are some times when people will try to overcompensate for that right? By going on a massive organization spree, you're like, I am constantly forgetting things and I'm unorganized and I never can find anything and I'm always losing stuff. And so I am going to get organized. So you go out and you buy a new planner so that you can keep up with all of your appointments and events, get everything written down so you don't forget when bills are due and when you have to be here or there, um, that kind of stuff. You may 
you know, rearrange your house or get your um, craft supplies or, um, you know, whatever it is that, you know, know, hobby supplies in a nice, neat order. But then you hit a wall. You do all this work to get more organized because you are determined that that is how you're going to overcome your issues with organization or with, um, you know, remembering to do things. And that's where you start to unravel because you've expended so much energy trying to get to that level of organization and maintain it. And your brain is, is not wired for it. And so you hit that burnout stage, right? Um, and you just can't keep it up. You can't continue the momentum and things start to get unorganized, messy, um, get out of sorts. You forget uh, an appointment or you forget to pay a bill. And it's, it may seem as if you can't stay committed to goals, but that's not what it is, right? It's that executive dysfunction and, ADHD is another condition where masking is something that happens, right? You try your very best to overcome all of these struggles, but you can only push yourself to do something you're not wired for for so long before you hit burnout stage, right? And you have to, like, recharge. You've depleted your batteries. The other um, way that... ADHD can manifest differently in adults is that one of the presentations of ADHD is that um, people with it tend to be major procrastinators, right? Uh, The research kind of shows, and that's, again, that's part of that managing time, keeping organized type of thing. It's, It's part of that executive dysfunction. And so this can manifest in a couple of different ways, right? Say you're an adult, undiagnosed ADHD adult in college, right? So either the procrastination causes you to forget assignments and fall behind in college, resulting in poor grades, poor academic performance, possibly getting kicked out of school, or it means that you pound out work at the last minute and it's complete, it's satisfactory, you get by. And the thing is, many people who kind of fall under that ladder bit sometimes just think of themselves as a person who thrives under pressure, right? You, you don't really identify that as a potential sign of ADHD. But when it applies to things like, say, putting off paying bills or completing tasks at work or getting chores done at home, then it can be a little bit more problematic, right? And it can lead to conflicts in work and personal relationships and cause some of those to fall apart. It can cause people to lose their jobs, lose their spouses, you know? Chronic lateness is also uh one of those signs of ADHD in adults, right? The idea here being that you know how long it takes to get from point A to point B, right? But you don't really consider 
the possibility of traffic or needing to stop for fuel or food or any number of other things, right? It's it's that poor time management kind of thing, right? You don't really consider the amount of time that other things may take in delaying you. And so it it's not necessarily that you can't figure out how to do what you need to do, but it's like you might not be considering how long something will take to complete, right? And then relating back to the above point with procrastination, you think, um, you know, you procrastinate on an assignment or, you know, whether that's for school or work, and you think you can get it done in, you know, X amount of time, but then it takes longer than you expect, And so because of the procrastination and the poor ability to gauge time, you may not get it complete, right? And that can cause you to, you know, failing to complete these tasks that you have procrastinated on can cause, again, those problems with failure um, in school, work, home life, right? Now, I know that many of us experience one or even all of these things at various points in our lives. However, the important thing to note is that when they consistently happen, right, it isn't just isolated incidents that happen, you know, maybe once in a while you forget where you put your keys or um, you didn't write something down so you miss uh, a meeting, right? If it's something that happens occasionally, sporadically, that's a different story. It's whenever these things are consistent and they impact the flow of your daily life and they can hinder your ability to, you know, fully function in getting tasks done, um, you know, taking care of yourself or others as an adult. That's whenever it may be a reason to consider talking to your doctor about an assessment for ADHD. I mean, one researcher even stated that she thinks that 75% of the adults who have ADHD are undiagnosed. And that's a scary high statistic. Which brings us kind of to the second part of what I wanted to discuss, which is why would you seek a diagnosis as an adult, right? Um, If you've lived with it this long, why bother? Well, there are several reasons, and many of them deal with how undiagnosed ADHD can impact your mental health, um, as well as the ways that I've already mentioned that it can impact relationships, right? Adults with undiagnosed ADHD are far more likely to experience problems such as mood disorders, depression, anxiety. Like these conditions, of course, can be medicated. You can treat mood disorders, depression, and anxiety. But if you're just, if you, if you then don't get the diagnosis for ADHD and, and help to treat the ADHD, it's mostly a Band-Aid, right? Until you identify and treat the source of the auxiliary conditions, you're only going to perpetuate the cycle. And this results in, like, negative self-image, which is also a result of undiagnosed ADHD. People see themselves as failures or irresponsible because 
of underachieving due to executive dysfunction. They sit and think, why can't I just get things done? Why can't I just, you know, why can't I get it together? And they're really hard on themselves. And this can cause a lot of other issues as well. Some people with undiagnosed ADHD are highly prone to substance abuse or other addictions due to difficulties with impulse control, right? So all of these things can have some very dire consequences if left unchecked, including poor relationships, whether those are friendships, romantic relationships, work relationships. It can cause you to lose your job you can get arrested. Um, car accidents are highly common for people with undiagnosed ADHD. Uh, the list goes on, right? One part of an article that I read though really struck me. It said, just about every bad outcome you can imagine in life is more common in adults who have ADHD than it is in everyone else. Because people with ADHD are not good at caring for themselves, the risk rises for health problems. So think of it in terms of just, you know, you forget or, you know, you have trouble maintaining those levels of self-care. Well, if you're operating also with undiagnosed ADHD, which is the reason why you have trouble with self-care that can then cause the anxiety the depression you never know when you're going to fail you you start thinking of yourself in a really negative way which can cause you to further abandon self-care and you know managing basic um health type things bathing brushing your teeth things like that i mean it just it's a larger cycle creating a larger problem right and this is why getting a diagnosis is important, right? And I've said before, a diagnosis is not going to fix anything, right? It does not magically make the manifestations of your condition disappear. What it does is it gives you that torch in the darkness. It shows you what you're fighting against and it gives you the knowledge to find the tools that will work best for you in conquering that fight. So now you'll know why you can't seem to get it together, why you're so disorganized, right? Knowing that you have ADHD gives you that insight into why you do the things you do. And it helps you to understand that you aren't a failure. You are differently wired and you need to approach the challenges in life from a different angle. A diagnosis could mean medicating for ADHD, if that's your choice, to help manage some of that executive dysfunction. Because I can tell you right now, um, it was the right choice for my kiddos. Because my 16-year-old, um, when he started taking medication for his ADHD, it was a huge difference. He went from constantly forgetting things and failing multiple classes to making straight A's. This was a child that is bright and talented, but he felt like a failure because he couldn't get himself to function the same way that everyone else was. His depression flared and that took my child down a very dark road. 
But the diagnosis changed that. It cleared things up. In fact, it was around the same time that my ex was also diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. Um, And again, it made so many of the things that he had struggled with his whole life make sense. He was able to understand and, you know, work towards forgiving himself for things that he had criticized and degraded himself over for years. All of these aspects of an undiagnosed, untreated condition can really have a larger impact. And often I hear people saying, well, but you're an adult now, you've managed this long, why do you need this? You need it because it can help you to understand yourself, to start being not quite so hard on yourself. When you understand that these things that are happening are out of your control and that you just need to shift your perspective, shift your approach, that makes a huge difference. That can bring a weight off of you. That works toward improving your own mental health, your state of mind, and it can have an impact on the wider world around you. Instead of relegating yourself to a failure in life, you realize, okay, this is what's happening. This is how I can change it. You know, you can work with a psychologist, um, one of the... um, Suggestions in one of the articles I read talked about using, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy to help manage uh, ADHD. You know, there are a variety of things that you can do, and then you will start seeing that shift and see more positivity in your own life. And honestly, I we can all use a little bit more positivity these days. Um, Before I leave, I did want to let everyone know that I have finally managed to get the Instagram page up and running. So you can find uh, find the podcast on there. Uh, So it took me a little while to finally remember to get in there and do it, but I did. And so if you're looking for that, you can now find us on Instagram as well. I'll be updating with this episode as probably one of the the early posts on there. And until next time. As always, you can email me with any questions, comments, constructive criticism, or concerns at perpetuallydeterminedadvocate at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on social media. Just search PDA Neurodivergence and the Perpetually Determined Advocate on Facebook or Instagram. And until next time, remember, in a world where you can be anything, be kind.